Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and people doing people things. I'm Jingan. And I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast, and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YYY Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Alright, let's start the show. So Eliza, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... The Official Wizard. The Official Wizard? Mm. Who? Harry Potter? The official one. Who is the official one? <laughs> you want to guess? Merlin is the official one. No. Uh, the official wizard. I don't know. Who is the officialist? No, who is the officialist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The official wizard is in New Zealand. Is it because the Gandalf, the wizard? The Lord of the Rings, is it? Yeah, Lord of the Rings is shot in New Zealand, right? Uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh, so? Then has to do with New Zealand something. <laughs> Somewhat, uh-huh. <laughs> the city of Christchurch in New Zealand yes. has an official wizard. Really? Yes, and he's paid $10,000 a year to be the city's official wizard. Oh, like Godzilla like that? Uh? Yeah, like Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> we covered the Godzilla citizenship in another episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So this guy, his name is Ian Breckenberry Channel, and he was born in the UK and moved to New Zealand in the 1970s. Oh, wow. Since 1998, he's been paid 16000 New Zealand dollars, which is about $10,000 US dollars, annually by the Christchurch City Council to, open inverted commas, Provide acts of wizardry and other wizard-like services. <laughs> what? Like what? He even had a New Zealand driver's license issued to The Wizard. Last name, Wizard. First name, The. The oh Wizard. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he is such a well-known figure that he has a trip advisor rating. What? Yeah. It's a tourist attraction. I can't believe it. Yes. It's a real thing. Yes. I want to meet the wizard. He's rated 4 out of 5 stars on TripAdvisor. Uh, not 5 out of 5. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I thought he's a wizard. Uh-huh. He can change it. Maybe his realm of wizardry is not in the realms of internet. I see, I see. <laughs> you ask for what, right? Mm. What's the wizarding activities, right? You yeah, ask. like what does he do? Okay. His services include assisting with promoting local events and tourism, and welcoming dignitaries or delegations. It's no more than 200 hours of work each year. So why is he... Why is it must be this guy that is the wizard? Yeah, why? Why is it he? Why so special, right? <laughs> yeah. Like some people cosplay wizard, right? Then why him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. so it's like I have to dig deeper into his story. Okay, so how did he become wizard? Okay, he actually had a very interesting life before he became the wizard. Okay. So he travelled a lot in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. but found his path as a wizard in Australia. <laughs> he was okay. actually taking a degree in sociology and psychology there. 
Mm-hmm. Then he worked as a community arts organizer in his university mm-hmm. and then as a teaching fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was there where he wanted to start this fun revolution aimed at bringing love, logic, and levity to the world and turning the university into a, open inverted comma, theater of the absurd. Okay, mm-hmm. so then, he's a mascot lah. Y- yeah la, <laughs> la. in his own way he want to like, because he like to... He want to espouse his own values while he's the wizard. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Okay. So he sees his role as a provocateur. Someone who brings a sense of fun to the world, but also criticizes the system. Mm. A showman who doesn't mind making a fool of himself. Wow. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So when he lost his university job, right? as the community arts organizer and teaching fellow. Mm -hmm. Then he hatched a plan with the Mm -hmm. vice chancellor Mm -hmm. to give him a new position Mm. as the university's first official wizard. (laughs) Then, of course, the academics were like, what nonsense is this? Yeah, what nonsense? Excuse me, this is an educational institution, right? We Mm. don't want this thing. Uh So they banish him. Okay. Yeah. Then his friends and wife also got annoyed with him. Yeah, why are you doing this nonsense thing? Yeah. yeah. So they left him. Yes. His wife also left him. So okay. Sad. So he left Australia law. Then mm-hmm. he go to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Then he moved to Christchurch, right? Mm-hmm. Then he go and stand in front of the cathedral square. Then he will stand on a ladder and wear all kinds of weird outfits and talk about his opinions about everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then at that point, right, you need a written permission to speak there. Mm-hmm. But he don't have. Mm. Yeah. And, and then, busking la. Yeah. Okay. Then the city council also don't want to give him the permission because he always talk nonsense and wear weird clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then he every day like cat and mouse with the <laughs> city officials <laughs> while they come, he run, that kind of thing. You oh, know? okay. Mm. But then as his profile rose, he got more and more official recognition. Wow. Because he just Persist. very regularly go there okay. and wear his weird outfits and talk his things. things. Okay. <laughs> Then in 1982, the New Zealand Art Gallery Directors Association called him a living work of art. Ah. And the Auckland City Art Gallery document described the work's medium as artist's corporal substance and its value as priceless. <laughs> Bro, eyes, right? <laughs> then in 1988, right, a nearby town had a drought. Then the organizers of a local fair invited him to perform a rain dance. Okay. Then a few hours after he beat his drum, there was rain. Wow. Then he's like, wow, so cool. Okay, coincidence. Okay. Then in 1990, the Prime Minister of New Zealand wrote him a letter on the official Prime Ministerial letterhead, Mm -hmm. suggesting that he should urgently consider the Prime Minister's suggestion that he become the Wizard of New Zealand, Antarctica, and relevant offshore areas. <laughs> then, of course, he said yes lah. Wow. Because right? it became a real job. What? It's quite amazing that he managed to just fake it till he make it. Yeah. yeah. He just do his thing, do-do-do, until he <laughs> become official. La. Yes, mm. very persistent. Mm. Amazing. In 2009, he actually received the Queen's Service Medal one of the highest honours in New Zealand. Mm. Yeah. And then now he's 87 years old already. So he spent less and less time in the public eye and has actually found an apprentice. Mm. Wow. Mm. The wizard's apprentice. Yeah, he's a young wizard. 
39 mm. years old, who teaches guitar and fronts a psychedelic funk band. Okay. The day job of the young wizard. Okay. Can. The end. Very nice. Yeah. So I think New Zealand is going to continue having their official wizard. They have a wizard to take care of them. <laughs> okay, so Jingan, what is your search term for the week? My search term is... Do the trails that planes make in the sky make rain? Huh? That trail, uh, that mm. one line. Uh. Mm-hmm. Do they make rain? I suppose if they are clouds-ish thing, they will eventually become rain. Okay. But they don't make rain unless you fly a plane that has the cloud seeding abilities. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's my answer. Very interesting. So I always thought uh-huh. that the trail that it makes, right, the planes that they make that trail uh-huh. is something that they can control or something. Okay. And then I thought that it was some kind of like uh, chemical or something like, that they release into the sky and it make it will make it rain. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what's that white color thing? So that thing is called a contrail. C-O-N-T-R-A-I-L-S. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's similar to what happens when you breathe out in a cold place and you can see your breath. Oh. Mm. Oh. Like... <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like the exhaust that comes from the jet engines. They're hot, right? But the high altitude is cold. So the water vapor from the jet exhaust it condenses and then it forms a type of serious cloud oh so it's not a purposely let go this thing mm. so it depends on the plane's altitude the temperature and the humidity of the atmosphere it depends on where you are at and like whether it's humid and then it will vary in thickness duration and length Oh. So more humid normally means bigger and more visible contrails. Oh. And that also means that like th- there might be a storm coming, la, then there's like more contrail. Mm. Yeah. So why is it that there is this theory that this contrail means that they are trying to make rain? Because when you seed the clouds, then the cloud seeding planes also make this thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, close. Because it is a very strong conspiracy theory. Basically, oh. this thing that the government sprays things in the sky to control the weather. But our government does... Like, our government do it. Like, Singapore's government do it. Actually, this cloud seeding thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very common technique. Mm-hmm. But it is... Maybe it's not the government. Like, sometimes it's the airport because they don't want the airport to have fog. Oh, then like or oh, the even like in ski resorts they want to boost the snowfall. Uh-huh. Yeah, or in damages they want to stop the hail damage. They oh. will use these techniques. Oh. So, so it might not be a government thing. It might not even be a government thing. It could mm. be a commercial thing. Mm. Oh wow. Yes. But okay. okay, so there are people they call these trails, chem trails, like chemical trails. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and they are convinced that it's a massive secret government conspiracy to control yes, the yes, weather. Yes, I heard about this before. They were yeah. thinking that it is 
it's not just control the weather, it's if you breathe it, then they'll control your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Correct, correct. Yeah, but it's nonsense, like, basically. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, altering the weather is something that governments do, and also corporations, they do. So, like, for example, during the Beijing Olympics, mm-hmm. they use cloud seeding to make it rain elsewhere, mm-hmm. so that the opening ceremony of the Olympics would be unaffected. Mm. Yeah, and that is actually done by firing rockets packed with silver iodide crystals into rain clouds over the places that they want it to rain. Oh. But it's not guaranteed, right, you know? It's not like I can control it not to rain. Okay. Yeah. But you can just make it rain elsewhere or earlier, lo? So, yeah, something like you move the rain so that you mm. won't, maybe it won't come here. Mm. So, they actually, it's not like they can control the weather. It's just like they can somewhat try it to... Faster try to manipulate expedite the rain yeah but you you never know how the weather might respond mm-hmm. so it's not always uh it's not always a successful attempt mm. so something to note right these contrails are actually not very good for the environment huh why yeah because the serious clouds right they can actually trap heat then they are i think like it's not a lot of it but actually the because it keep going over the same route mm-hmm then they might cause atmospheric warming. Mm-hmm. So there's a study done in 2011 that these contrail clouds, they contribute more to atmospheric warming than all the carbon dioxide produced by planes since the start of aviation. Wow. Yeah. So they suggest that like, cleaner aircraft fuels can actually help to alleviate this damage. Yep, so that is what the lines across the sky huh? so why until now uh, where the technology is so good we still haven't moved away from fossil fuels mm, I think it's because it's a system and it's very hard to go and like destroy the system that we have built around it that's why it's like that it's dun, very dun, difficult shake head <laughs> okay people doing people things indeed indeed do 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 Alright, it's time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? Our contributor this week is Serene. She works at a social service organization in Singapore and is a writer. She writes stories and poetry on her own website. Ooh. Okay, so she gave us three search terms. Okay. Okay, the first one is the life purpose of the male fig wasp. Fig wasp. F-I-G-W-A-S-P-S Okay, so the fig as in like the fruit lah. Yes. And then it's a fig wasp. Yeah, the life purpose of the male fig wasp. Is to impregnate. I don't know. Then gonna eaten something like that. I also believe so. <laughs> to serve the queen. To serve the queen, indeed. Okay, let's go Google what it is. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? It has to do with the way that they reproduce, right? Which is quite interesting, actually. Yes. I'm looking at this Britannica article. Yeah. It's the Encyclopedia article. Yeah. So the fig wasp, right? Mm. The eggs will be deposited inside the flowering structure of the fig. Yes. And then the fig will... That that part of the flower will slowly turn into the fruit. Mm. Then when that is happening... (laughs) The eggs will start to hatch, right? Yes. So the blind, wingless male wasps 
will emerge yes. and then go and look for a female. Okay, so okay. So they are blind and they are wingless. Yes. Then when they find one, then they will meet with the female wasp even before the female has hatched. Mm. Then it has a job. It has to dig or bite an escape tunnel for the female. Yes. Then the male will die. <laughs> yes. Inside the fig. Yes, and it Go will away. have spent its entire life inside the fig. Yeah. Then the female will go out. Yeah. They will go to the escape tunnel. They escape really, then the female one must deposit her eggs into another fig. And the cycle continues. Yes. So, the male fig wasp is blind, is wingless, and will never ever leave the fig. Amazing. <laughs> Nature is amazing. That means, right, every time you eat the fig, right, there is dead wasp inside. Not all, la, not all, right? Those that has a baby baby fix in it. Oh, oh my god. Oh, no, those I'm, that have baby wasp in it. Oh. Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm looking at pictures and I do not want to see more. Okay, enough. <laughs> eee. No wonder so crunchy, the fig. You go eat figs before? I quite like them, you know. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like figs, but I'm pretty sure the ones that we eat don't have the dead male wasp, right? I'm sure they have. It's inside. It's already dried up already. Then we just eat. Crunch, crunch, so crunch. So small, So eh? nice, crispy no la, crunchy. No la, no no, 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 no. Refuse to accept. Denial. <laughs> Alright, moving on to the next search term. Yes. The function of zebra stripes. Isn't this something to do with confusing the fly or something like that one? I, I just know that the baby zebra is brown. Yes, the baby. We covered it in an episode, but we never yeah. investigated why they are black and white. Confuse the fly? No lah, confuse the lion lah, is it? Confuse the fly so it doesn't land on it. Confuse the fly? Yeah. Not confused lion Okay, that's my final answer. I think so la. I think so. Because when they run in the tall grass, they look like <laughs> glitching. Then the lion don't know where to pounce. So the lion, the lion is like, I'm in the matrix. The, yeah, the lion will be like, oh no, where am I going to pounce? Ah, I don't know, confused. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, the way you laugh, I'm sure that's not the answer. Okay, it seems like we are both kind of right. Okay, tell me. Okay, so they have three theories on why uh, zebras have black and white stripes. Okay, tell me why. My my iPad is not loading. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are three possibilities. La, okay. okay. One is protection from biting flies. Because the white and black, right, it creates an optical illusion. Okay, then, then what the, happened? Then the fly don't understand where to land. Okay. So it's confused. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, scientists have tried to cover horses with zebra stripes. Yes. To see what the flies will do. Yeah, and the flies were confused. Yes, <laughs> confused. So there was some science behind this. Oh my goodness, I need to put a picture of this on the internet for our yes. uh, listeners. Put it on our social media. The horse wearing the zebra... Yeah, zebra coat. clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Okay, continue. Okay, the second possibility is thermal regulation. Okay. So the basic idea is that the black stripes will absorb heat in the morning and warm up the zebras and then 
the white stripes will reflect light more and help to cool the zebras as they graze for hours in the blazing sun. Okay, so some parts hot, some parts cold. Yeah, so like double effect. Okay, so the black stripes will keep them warm in the morning because it's quite cold. Mm -hmm. And then in the afternoon when it's very, very hot, the white stripes will keep them cool. <laughs> okay, la, but apparently not many uh, scientists support this theory. Okay. It's a bit like... Like, huh? Doesn't make sense. Uh. Yeah, a bit like... cannot. You can explain it away with a lot of things. Mm. Anyway, they even tried to do a science like experiment on it. They go and paint the water barrels with stripes. Then they see whether it's hotter or colder. Mm. then uh, not much difference <laughs> okay I see I see okay okay so the last one is protection from predators which is what you said just now yeah, confuse yeah, yeah, yeah. the lion yeah they make it think it's, it's in the matrix mm. yeah apparently the predation hypothesis is the hardest hypothesis to test because the previous studies will test whether stripes confuse humans but it's very hard to test whether lions are confused it's not like you can interview the lion like excuse me are you confused (laughs) (laughs) raw (laughs) the scientist who is trying to prove all these things right has been bitten in the arm and admitted to the hospital twice (laughs) doing all his signs (laughs) oh my goodness they never say he's bitten by the lion or the zebra apparently zebras are not very friendly. They are quite aggressive. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is so cool. I never really think about this. Okay, very interesting. Well, I guess there is no conclusive proof yet. I mean, so far the biting flies theory stands up to science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thermal regulation, not so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last theory must wait for lions to talk. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, the last search term is... Why do roosters have that floppy red thing on their head? Why? Uh? It's called a crown, right? I don't know what is it called. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, maybe it's not. Because I'm thinking of it in Chinese. It's called ji guan, right? So oh. it's a crown. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, uh, why? But it uh? kind of looks like the shape of a crown, now that you said it, like sideways. Yeah. So, okay, so why, why do they have that thing? What is it for? It's to identify themselves as male. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's like a peacock, right? Like, they have feathers, and it's like, oh, I'm male. I want to show off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a mating uh, ritual kind of thing. Okay, can. Yeah. Uh, I think thermal regulation. Another take, thermal take, take regulation. The, <laughs> take the answer from just now. Why? How? How? Tell me. How does it work? The They are very hot. If they are very hot, then more blood rush to the red stuff on their neck and on their head. Then normally it's not red, man. It's less red. Okay. If they're very hot, there's more red. Okay. Then they'll be less hot. Okay. I don't know lah. I'm just talking nonsense. Okay, la. very good. <laughs> what's, the, what's the search term again? Why do roosters have that red floppy thing on their heads? It's called a comb, by the way. Excuse me? It's called a comb. Okay, okay. Oh my god. What? It really has to do with blood flow, eh? Huh? <gasps> what? Really, man? Yes. Oh my goodness, you're right. Your anyhow guess is correct. Are you serious? Okay, so basically they have the little red bit that sticks out from the top of their heads and the the bit that, that is the bottom of their chin there. Okay. This, that, one is called a wattle and one is called a comb. Okay. The comb is the one on the top of the head. The wattle is the one in the neck. Yeah. Like W-A-T-T-L-E. A, like a little dangly thing. Chin yeah. thing. Okay. So what is it for? Apparently. 
Uh-huh. It has several uses, but the most essential one is for providing additional blood flow around the head. The wattle and the comb work to cool the bird's blood, helping to keep the rooster's temperature down during the hot <gasps> weather. <gasps> I was absolutely right. I just made it up. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I am I found, in shock. I, I found an article. It says both combs and wattles act as a natural air conditioning system because chickens don't sweat like humans. So they cannot sweat. So they need this uh, comb and wattle to when the blood circulate there, then the heat can transfer to the surrounding air and help them cool off. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I just made it up. Eh? It's correct. I believe it. It's correct. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in shock. I really thought her her, her theory was preposterous and hey, it's correct. Hey, hey, your chicken's comb should be a nice bright red. Okay. If the comb is pale, it means that it has anemia or some parasite infestation. Oh. If it's bluish, it might mean that the chicken is cold or has poor circulation. Oh. If it's white, right, that means the comb has frostbite already. Then it will eventually turn black and fall off. Wow, on earth, okay. Yeah. So it's like a health indicator. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So amazing. Can you imagine having a health indicator on top of your head? Then you know when you have fever. <laughs> <laughs> like, eh, 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 your, your comb is turning pink. Then, then don't need the, the scan already. Yeah, you don't need temperature scan. The forehead thermometer. Yeah. Everybody just look at the comb on each other's head. <laughs> it is also a sexual flag. <laughs> a mating thing. Yeah, la, to show off like, hey, I am ready to mate. Oh, it also signals maturity. Because mm. the... As the rooster matures, mm-hmm. the combs will increase in size and become redder. Mm. Mm. Interesting, huh? So my function. So it's a very useful thing. Yes, indeed. Very important. Not just a show-off thing. Alright, so that is the end of our special segment. Alright, Eliza, what is your second search term of the week? My search term is... Bird Poop Island. Oh dear. Yay, finally! <laughs> we are talking about it. <laughs> Remember many episodes ago? Okay. You were asking me to guess what North Sentinel Island was. Yes, yes. Then I guess that is Bird Poop Island. Then mm. you're like, what is that? Oh, remember, remember? so this is Bird Poop Island. Yes, then I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to present it one day. Okay, then okay. Today is the day. I see. Yeah. I have been looking forward to it all my life. No, since the episode. Okay, since... <laughs> okay. Okay, so what is bird poop island? Guess. When you go on the island, you will surely gonna bird poop. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so it is an island with many, many, many birds, basically. Mm. Yes. Bird poop island is Navasa Island, a small uninhabited island in the Caribbean Sea. Okay. It is the subject of an ongoing territorial dispute between Haiti and the United States. And it's because of Wanumania. Wanumania. Mania. What is Wanumania? It has to do with the bird called Vanu. Ah, almost there but not quite. <laughs> Wanu is spelled as G-U-A-N-O. 
。哦、oh, ，mania。G U A N O。嗯。It's like guano。Oh, Wanu,、right? but it's pronounced as Wanu. Wanu, okay. Yeah, Wanu. Uh, so basically, mania, right? Um.、Mm. So it means that, uh, people like this bird a lot. Okay, then. Then, uh, a lot of people want to go and see、mm-hmm. this bird.、Mm-hmm. So go to this island. Then gonna put on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they want to fight, cause、uh-huh. cause they want this island、yes. a lot, cause they like this bird. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not uh almost there, but not quite. Oh, okay. So, Wanu right is the accumulated excrement of sea birds and bats. That means all the sea birds and all the bats that stay there and poop on top of poop and poop on top of poop. Then that poop mountain, that <laughs> whole entire poop depository is Wanu. And why is it so valuable? Because guano is a highly effective fertilizer、oh. because of its exceptionally high content of nitrogen, phosphate, and potassium. Oh, and these are the key nutrients essential for plant growth. Oh, okay, okay. I get why there's a dispute、mm. now. Okay.、And、also, these chemicals also can be used to produce gunpowder and explosive material. I see. Mm. Can you imagine an island、mm-hmm. being pooped on so many times that、mm. the poop actually evolved into something like it's a mega poop, you know? Yeah, mega evolution poop. Yeah, it's like so many kind of birds and bats poop, 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 and mix, mix, mix together until the poop is like some super glorified, useful, amazing thing, amazing poop. Okay, best poop. <laughs> Yeah, I I gave、Best、one poop award. one episode break like you know there's so many like poop episodes right. Too many poop. Yeah yeah yeah. I purposely I was like oh I want to present it I don't know poop episode again I want to present it I don't know another poop episode. I finally like we, last episode we had a break from poop right. Yes. Then now I can say poop already. Oh dear, <laughs> so many poop. Yes. Okay, so actually right this thing right has been used by indigenous people in the Andes. As fertilizer for thousands of years. Okay. So okay. they already know already. I see.、Mm. That's why the name is Guanu because it's from their ancient language. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then the Inca Empire.、Mm. So the Incans. Yes.、Uh, they greatly value this Guanu and they restricted access to it, and any disturbance to the birds, ah,、uh, they will punish you by death. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I see. Don't mess with their poop, poop machine. Yeah. <laughs> A poop production place. Okay? okay, okay, okay. So as the Europeans were colonizing the world, right?、Mm-hmm. Then they stumbled upon this thing. Then they started researching it, lah.、Mm-hmm. Research, research. Then at this time, right, the Peruvians already know about it for centuries, ma.、Mm-hmm. Right. And then they controlled a monopoly of bird poop islands. There's more. Oh, <laughs> called Chincha Islands. Chincha. Yeah. Okay. And Wanu was known to them as white gold. Oh. Yeah. So they really control one whole chain of it already. Oh.、Uh, very interesting. Then when the Americans and British found out, like, this is awesome because they're so precious. Yeah. Yeah. Like this can be used as fertilizer. Then it sparked. The guano mania,、oh. and the price of this guano rose to a quarter the price of actual gold. Ah,、oh, yeah. interesting. So you can trade like four pound of guano for one pound of gold. Oh my! The exchange rate about there. Oh wow! 
So all those enterprising Americans and Europeans, they started to look for alternatives to this Peruvian guano because they don't want to buy from them. Ah. Mm-hmm. They want to find their own. Mm. Then of course, right, in the center of the Pacific Ocean and all the islands around, mm. wow, so much poop. <laughs> So in 1857, the Americans made a Guanu Islands Act. This act allowed adventure-seeking Americans to claim any abandoned or unclaimed islands with Guanu on behalf of themselves and the United States. And the United States. And the United States. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But they cannot just anyhow say whichever island is theirs just because they set foot on it first. They decided that we have this one new islands act. And if you're American, then you, you sail a boat or uh, rode a ship there. Yes. Then you say, wow, so much guanu. Oh. Then you can say, I claim it. I'm this American. Is mine. This is mine. And it also belongs to America. <sighs> okay. This is why we have problems. They all shall say one. No? They all shall write this law. <laughs> yeah. They all shall Never say. agree with the rest of the world. No, no, nobody <laughs> agree. Yeah. Then, of course, the countries in South America and the Pacific, they are uh. all like, what nonsense, no, <laughs> no. We don't allow that. Yeah, what nonsense, <laughs> nobody is going to allow that nonsense. Mm. So America has since turned over jurisdiction of some of these bird poop islands. Good, good, good. Mm. But it continues to lay claim to Navasa. Mm. Yeah, so there's quite a lot of disputes over who owned this place or that place or the 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 the. Got a lot of these islands in question. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so in 1998, right, a team of American scientists visited Navasa, and reported that there were over 800 species of wildlife, including large seabird colonies. 800 species. Uh. Of different kind of wildlife. 800 species of feces. <laughs> species of feces. <laughs> Technically quite true, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And there were like four lizard species also previously thought to be extinct that were found there. Mm. So now it's like, wow, that's so amazing. So the Americans, they just decided to, you know what, we should just call this place a wildlife refuge. Mm. Okay, so now this whole area, along with some of the other islands, they call it a national monument and it's very protected. But it's actually not theirs. But they call it their national monument. Okay. Then they want to protect it. Okay, lo, okay. Then everybody's just like, uh, but it's not your one. Who say you can protect <laughs> <laughs> So now the mining of the guano is no longer allowed oh, because okay. of the ecological impact. Okay. Then, because when they were doing that, right, then a lot of the seabirds died, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Then the caves where they did the mining in, the, yes. the shape all changed. Yeah. Then the bats don't want to roost inside there anymore. Uh, then they just don't want this island. Uh, then got less and less poop. Lor. Yeah. Uh, then how to do? Uh, then also, right, because the mining of this guanu, right, mm. involved the poor treatment and enslavement of Africans, Chinese immigrants and native Hawaiians. Okay. Yeah. That's not okay. So it's very not okay. Mm. So they stop this nonsense. Okay. Yeah. Good. So at least now they are leaving the poop alone. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. It is very good for the ecology to have this poop. Yes. Of course. I would imagine so. It's a whole ecosystem. I mean, that's why it's so valuable, right? 
Yeah, you're not yeah. supposed to take so much of it. Mm. That's why the Incan Empire go and like restrict access to it, you know? Yeah, because it needs to replenish, ma. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> mm. Okay, that's the story of Birdpool Island. Finally, I get to tell it. Okay, very good. <laughs> Round of applause. Okay, Jingan, what is your search term? My second search term is... Hooded Pitohi. What? Hooded Pitohi. What is Hooded Pitohi? It's a thing. Yes. But why does it have a hood? You have to guess. What thing has hood? Mm. Okay, a few things have hood. Okay. First thing is car. Car got hood. Are you sure Pitohi is a car? Hooded Pitohi. That means it's like a convertible. (laughs) No. Okay, second thing got hood is neighborhood. (laughs) No. The neighbor, the neighbor got hood. Neighborhood. Welcome to my hood. <laughs> Gangster got hood. No, no, no. Gangster no. thing got hood is snake, no? Snake got hood. Oh. Hooded snakes. Really? Do they have hoods? Yeah. Okay. The cobra can open its hoods. Oh. Okay, it's not a snake. So it's not these three things. But it's an animal. Huh? What thing got hood? It is a bird. Huh? Bird got hood. Uh? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> I mean, no bird can it's... hood. I don't know bird got hood. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes, because I think it's the way that the colours are on this bird that people call it a hooded something. Okay. Okay, anyway, it is a poisonous bird. Huh? Poisonous bird? Yeah. Okay. In this world, we have poisonous birds. Eh? It's poisonous bird or venomous bird? It's poisonous. That means people try to eat it and die. Yeah. You touch it or you eat it, you you will get a reaction. Okay. Mm. Yes. Okay. Why so, did they touch it and eat it? Does it look delicious? I mean, it's a bird lah. Lots of birds get eaten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the animals try to eat it or humans try to eat it? Yeah. So if animals try to eat it, they will also die lah. Okay. Like, yeah. So it is a medium-sized songbird. Okay. With a rich chestnut and black plumage. Okay. So it just looks like literally any kind of bird, like the songbird. Okay. Yeah. It is one of the few known poisonous birds, because I guess there are other birds that we don't know are poisonous. They contain a range of batrachotoxin compounds in its skin, feathers, and other tissues. Okay. So basically, it is poisonous in its skin, feathers, and other tissues. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the toxins, right, they are derived from their diet. So basically, okay. they eat something that is poisonous, poisonous. but they uh, never die. Okay. Then they absorb. Okay. Then they become poisonous. Okay, wow. Yeah. What a wonderful special Skill. power to have. Yes, okay. indeed. <laughs> so this function, right, of the poisonousness, mm-hmm. it is to deter predators, okay, and also to protect the bird from parasites. Oh, okay. Mm. So smart. So how did they find out that it was poisonous? Somebody tried to eat all then eh, eh, then died. Okay, apparently not. Huh? Okay. Okay. Uh this is the modern scientist, like how did they find out? Because okay. other people already know, like for example the locals in New Guinea. Oh. Yeah. Because they already eat and die already, then they already know. Somebody's yeah. uncle who so and so Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They are aware of uh, this bird. This bird is poisonous, don't touch it. Ah, don't touch, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So modern scientists what they do? In 1990, the scientists were preparing the skins of this bird for museum collections. Then? Then they experienced numbness and burning when they handled them. 
Okay. In fact, right, they are the first documented poisonous birds. Oh. Yeah. How long did they take to realize that it's the birds? They might be thinking, it's the glue lah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, the locals in New Guinea, as I mentioned just now, um, they know that this bird is poisonous and they avoid. And also it's because this bird is quite abundant there. Uh. Yeah, so they kind of know it's nature already lah. Oh. So when doing this research, right, I actually found other poisonous birds. Mm. One is the little shrike thrush. Mm-hmm. The feathers contain secretions of a toxin similar to the poison dart frogs. Oh, wow. The very poisonous So is one. it because they eat the poison dart frogs? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Yeah. The spur-winged goose is because they eat toxic beetles. Oh, wow. So they absorb the poison and then now their flesh is deadly. Wow. If their con- flesh is deadly. Yeah, if you eat it. Wow. Amazing, right? Imagine if you eat enough mala, then you become poisonous. <laughs> like people touch you, then they will experience a burning sensation. Oh my gosh. That's quite amazing. Eh? Yeah. If but you must eat, eat a lot of mala. Or maybe you eat a lot of mala, then people touch you, then they lose memory. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like a throwback to our previous episode? Yes. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay, so then there's another one called the common quail, which apparently is poisonous. They suspect that it has to do with their diet. Yeah. Again, okay. they eat the thing, yes. then they absorb the poison. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Anyway, the poison, right, can actually result in vertigo and spasms. Wow. Yeah. Not everybody that are poisonous birds. Not all birds you can eat one, okay? Can I, yeah, then don't anyhow pet <laughs> random birds. Yes. Right? Don't anyhow touch random birds. Okay. Some birds can be poisonous. Very interesting. Another skill to add to the superior bird race okay yeah. oh no yeah <laughs> can set fire can can be poisonous oh my goodness I mean, maybe birds might take over the world I never knew birds can be so villainous yeah two episodes back to back yeah amazing villainous birds alright we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it's time for one thing to recommend my recommendation for this week is Heroin is H-E-R-O-I-N, then bracket E. Oh. It's like wordplay kind, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's a 40-minute documentary short. Okay. That follows three women trying to better an opiate epidemic in a West Virginia town. And it's very insightful because our perspective on the effects of drugs, right, on our society is very far removed, on, especially in Singapore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very authoritarian. Like, government say no, adults say no, just say no. Mm. It is bad. But how bad, right? Mm. So through this documentary, you'll see how bad. Mm-hmm. And also, this documentary shows the compassionate way of dealing with such a crisis. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Another perspective, basically, to mm. consider. Mm. Yeah. My recommendation for this week is BattleBots. Yay! You can watch it on Netflix. I love it. It's an absolutely wonderful distress to watch robots fight. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to see something be smashed, but I don't want it to be humans or animals, so robots are great. They're not sentient yet, so you can get them smashed. I mean, the humans are controlling them, so technically it's the humans, but they are not actually getting smashed. Yeah. Yes, I watched it growing up when I was a teenager. Mm. Mm. So watching these people compete with their robots is actually quite interesting because they 
build these robots, right? And they have different designs and strategies for the battles. Mm. Yeah, so overall, it's a very fun and entertaining experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can preview on YouTube. Yeah. Got a lot of old fights. Yes, and you can also skip all the talking and just watch the fights. (laughs) (laughs) She's in it for the fights. (laughs) Yes. Alright, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Liza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jian, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we will search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we are off to record one more thing, a Patreon-only podcast called One More Thing. So, see you there! That follows three women trying to battle an opioid. 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 Okay. It is a 40 minute documentary short that follows three women trying to battle an opioid. <laughs> one more time, one more time. That follows three women trying to battle an opioid. <laughs> I cannot say opioid. I'll say opioid. Opioid. Opio, opioid, op- opioid, opioid. <laughs>